And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I have to ask you the question that I know everyone wants to know. I don't know why I'm sounding like a radio guy. Um, did you tune the hardware in your BIOS? Yes. It's tuned hard, DC Matthews, at the DC Matthews. Took me a while to scroll to find that conversation. So, yes, the OS is installed. That's operating system. I knew that one. There you go. Uh, You've installed all the software, or most of the software? Enough to get me by. I've got some, you know, the recording software is back up. Yep. I've got some of the editing stuff that I use. I've got Office installed. I've got Gears 5 installed. Nobody has DM'd me to play Gears 5 Seriously? with me Seriously? What is Besties. Oh. I have like a level 75 character in Horde mode just from playing by myself, and did it's you, sad. Did you tweet it out? to get people or are you only doing no. it through the po- yeah okay well well you know the podcast is so popular i yes, thought we'd have people tens breaking and down tens the- of people should have had your back i am disappointed i truly am um but yes you're we're on your new computer oh, google sending us emails we just signed into a new device uh-oh don't want to be uh accidentally hacked um but yes we're on your new computer so if there's ever, so. if there's a problem with this podcast, it's totally the fault of the computer. And Doc Manson for not do you fixing get, do it. Do you buy like the nice tower with the fancy lights, like a real gaming setup? Um, honestly, I'm I do have some things in this build with lights, only because at some point they stopped making stuff that didn't have lights. Okay. Like, honestly, I do try to go out of my way to find things without lights because I think they're the stupidest motherfucking things in the world. I Honestly, if you like RGB lights in your gaming tower, like, well, whatever. I'm not going to judge you, but it's not my scene. How about that? Sure. It's not my thing. It's a very political way to handle it. But, yeah, like, these days the RAM has LEDs on it. Like, it's so unnecessary. Yeah. But that is what it is. There is a computer in my school that is used for like a morning news type thing. And it has lights. And I'm like, who is like, is somebody taking this home at the end of the every day and playing, you know? Probably. Maybe. Um, so I don't know. It's So far, things have been going very well with it. I got to say, Gears 5, I can run the absolute highest settings and there's actually a little bit of a quirk going on. I have the new AMD 5700 XT graphics card, and it's having some birthing issues. It's only been out for maybe two or three months now, and they're having some driver issues for sure, because when I have that thing on, the highest settings possible, just running 60 frames per second, because I don't have a gaming monitor, so it's just running standard 60 hertz. Um, and it's running 1440p, which is like 2K resolution, in casual parlance, so not 4K, how about half as intense. <clears throat> Needless to say, the game looks very good, but there's this driver issue where even when the game is running whole hog, I'm in the middle of a match, 
the GPU doesn't think it's under load. It's just laughing at this modern game. Being like, this this modern 3D accelerated game is so little, I can't even keep my GPU engaged for you. And so it keeps down clocking aggressively um, to much lower, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, I, I have no idea. What, I have no idea what you're talking. Well, the about, speed at so. which the GPU runs—it's just—it's down clocking it to a lower speed, which is causing stutters in the game. What I had to do is I had to go in and set up virtual resolutions where they're tricking the computer into thinking it's running a 4K monitor, so it's actually rendering it at 4K and then downsampling it to the actual display that can. So basically, what I'm saying is I'm making this thing render the game for a much nicer monitor, way more graphically intense, and it's still laughing at it. And But th- luckily, that's enough to stop it from downclocking and to run well and not get the stutters. So I was able to fool it by increasing the load on the processor. Why but, didn't you buy a nice monitor? I probably will at some point now that I have a computer that actually could get me 120 or 144 frames per second. It's never been a... Th- a thing of mine, but this time I did build a computer with high frame rate gaming in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will buy one, but they can be pricey as well. And I just wanted to sort of spread that out a little bit, the cost. Sure. And on top of that, the monitor that I want, um, doing some reviews, there's a monitor coming out from LG that looks pretty awesome, has an IPS display type, which is not typically found in gaming monitors. They're t- tend to be found more in Uh, creative workstation type computers because they're more color accurate they have wider viewing angles Um, they tend to be better for like things like photo editing and things like that but traditionally they've been much slower response times but however the types of screens that you get tn panels and the like that are actually fast better suited for gaming they tend to have poor color reproduction poor viewing angles etc so i've always tended to stick with ips because i like the technology better Anyway, long story short, there's a new monitor coming out in November, and it looks to be the best of both worlds. It's an IPS screen with excellent response times. I'm going to buy it. It's going to be $500, but it's not in stock anywhere yet. So come Christmas, I should have that in place. The bestie? You should you should see if the besties will buy it for you. Maybe that's why they haven't DM'd you yet. They've been waiting mm, until they can yeah. get you a monitor, and then you'll be overflow. Your cup doth overflow with... I mean, I will say I, I have been running this thing, you know, at like 90 frames per second at this ridiculous resolution. And if I let it go on uncapped, it will give me frame rates closer to like 120 frames per second. Um, and it, it really is much smoother playing video games at high frame rates, even on a monitor that doesn't show all of those frames. There is still a smoothness to the movement that's not sure. there. When you're running at lower frame rates, I was, I've never really had that luxury before. And it's, it's interesting to see anyways, for those of us, you know, I know, but for those of us who don't know about gears five, what is it? What kind of game is it? Uh, it's a third person cover based shooter. So you see your character on the screen as opposed to just seeing the guns. That's third person over the shoulder. Of course. Of course, I know you know this. I'm just explaining I, for the listeners. Truth be told, I did know that part. I don't I know what cover-based it. means. Um, so their entire gameplay mechanic is based off of going into cover. So they literally oh, have okay. a button 
that just sort of glues you to cover and you sort of can pop out, go back in very easily. Um, and it's fun. I, you know, I don't really get too into gears in terms of the storyline. I think that jumped the shark a few games ago and I don't play the competitive multiplayer because people are asshats and trying to play against people online these days. is just not something that I'm into, but horde mode. I enjoy quite a bit. It's a staple of the series. Basically, you have to survive 50 waves of enemies. Every 10th wave is a boss wave with a much bigger enemy. You're on a team of five people acting cooperatively. Um, you're able to build defenses um, and try to, you know, buy new defenses, upgrade your weapons, that sort of thing, and just try to survive the 50 waves. And that I enjoy quite a bit. And I've been having fun playing that um, with randos online. Um, not great. I'd rather play with people I know, but I don't know anybody who plays games, so... It is what it is. Have you survived all 50 waves yet? Um, yes, although not all at once. So the, the problem that you have, I'll, I'll explain. Thank the problem you. that you have playing with randos is you might get people who stick around and play 10 waves or 15 waves or 20 waves. And then they, and then they leave. And then once you leave at some point, it's very easy for everything to go sideways when you don't have a full team of five. And... Then you start losing defenses, and you can't earn enough money to get them back. And then at some point, it becomes a self-limiting thing. You're never going to be able to finish it. So you just quit out, and you start over. Um, but the thing that I discovered in this game is they have a server browser this time. So I can actually find people's games where they're like at you know wave 25 or 30, and they've lost somebody. So they're down four out of five players or three out of five players. And I can join those games, and then complete their team and make it easier than for them to finish the 50 waves. So I've gotten through, I finished the 50th wave of many games at this point, but I've never been in a game where I've actually gone one to 50. Got it. Okay. That way. Fair enough. I just don't have anybody reliable to play with. It was my issue with world of Warcraft is, I would, you know, that was why I never liked raiding because I was like, I can't guarantee that I'll be available for three hours to play this entire game. And Yeah, and that is actually the problem with Horde mode. The reason why it's sort of understandable people leave after 20 ways, a full game, 1 to 50, and this is on, like, some of the lower difficulty levels, can legit take two hours to get through. Yeah. Like, if you were to be playing it on the hardest difficulty, I, I can imagine it could be a four-hour affair. Which is redonkulous. Yeah. I very much enjoy games that have a pause feature. Yeah. yeah. I understand. Well, when does the uh, Minecraft server start? Maybe that's what they're waiting for. They don't want to play Gears. <laughs> they want you to get your Minecraft server up. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably on the back burner. I haven't even gotten my old hard drives out of the old monitor, out of the old tower yet. I, so I have to still finish the hardware on the new machine. But yeah, at some point I'll, I'll, I'll repurpose that old machine to that. But in the meantime, I'm enjoying playing Gears at very high frame rates. Uh, Alpha 18, the experimental branch for Seven Days of Die, just dropped on Monday. So I'm actually excited to maybe download that and check that out. Maybe so when, I'll even look into doing some when streaming. Are you, uh, when are you taking the day off and just playing video games all day? It was almost today. It was legitimately almost today. But then it wasn't. And it's not tomorrow because I have... Uh, have that class tomorrow that I'm helping with, so I'd like to go to that. Sure. Maybe Friday. I'm just saying, I'm <laughs> off Monday. Are you? I'm yeah. not. But you could be. Mm, not really. Darn it. Mondays right. are always my bad days. All right. Um, 
I sent you a link via Twitter DM. Did you? I did. Because when was we this? Were just in the last 15 minutes. Um, we were talking about, you know, last week we talked about whether or not we should be a wrestling podcast and, you know, just needing topics. And I got a topic from my wife. Uh, when I said I was going in to record, she said, you should talk about this. And she mentioned that the site Woot, which I know we have talked about on here before, um, was posting Halloween shirts. And mm. she said we should we should look at them. I'm just curious. You're the biggest Halloween fan I know, yet I can't remember whether or not I've ever seen you in a Halloween-themed T-shirt. Is that not part of your enjoyment of the holiday? Well, I have worn some Halloween-themed shirts. Like, I've had some shirts for some of the various haunted attractions I've enjoyed oh, over yes. the years. Okay. That's and I definitely have one shirt that I'm thinking of. It's like this scarecrow with a pumpkin head. Very colorful. And that one almost looks like it should be for one of the attractions that I like, but it's not. It's just as a random sort of Halloween-themed shirt. And mm-hmm. I, I think that one is probably the closest I've got. But to some degree, honestly... I don't want to come off like some sort of Halloween snob or something, but you know how when people go to see a band, they won't wear that band's shirt? They have to wear someone else's shirt to sure. see that band? You don't want to be a poser, right? Um, I don't know if that's really my motivation here, but I sort of feel like I'm a big enough Halloween fan that I feel like if I were to wear a shirt celebrating that, that'd be a little bit disingenuous. I don't, with the exception of shirts for podcasts that I've either been on or currently am on right this second, I don't own any wrestling shirts. Exactly. Exactly. Would you, and would you, if you had wrestling shirts, would you wear them to no. go see Raw? No. I have talked about if I could, if I, we ever buy a house and we get a big enough, I get a big enough, like, quote unquote, man cave sort of place. I might buy shirts, put them in frames and hang them up. There you go. Like in like, a, a show. I would box. like to buy a revival shirt and just hang it up. If Bo Dallas ever actually I could buy a B team shirt and just hang it up. Like that I would like to do. I don't ever feel the need to wear said merch, but I, w- I would purchase it. But I just wanted, you know, you can go to if you just go to shirt.woot.com, they have the shirts. I believe we are in the editor's choice for Halloween shirts. Yep. Uh, the one I like is it's the slasher one. It's like a riff on Michael Jackson's Thriller, but I think that's a Jason mask. It is. Right? Yeah. Uh, that that is probably my favorite one here because of the reference. I think it makes it extra clever. Um, and one thing I'd like to comment on: I've noticed this on Halloween decorations this year. It's sort of a spoof, I think, on the Starbucks logo, but I've seen this in other contexts as well. Basic witch. Yeah. I don't think that's clever. Oh, because instead of being a basic something else. Yeah, I, I just, okay. I mean, I, I guess someone somewhere. I don't claim to be a thoroughly intelligent guy, but if I don't get the joke right away, it's probably could have used some more thought. Yeah, I don't know. Not a big fan of that one. Um, I appreciate the Sully from Monsters, Inc. shirt, the Monsters yep. and other tales, but Monsters, Inc. is not a Halloween movie. Not at all. I mean, it has monsters in it, but yeah. Yeah. I like the uh, Haunted Pixels one as well, just because, you know, it's got uh, Chucky in there. It's got an 8-bit Michael Myers, an 8-bit yeah. Freddy, an 8-bit 
Pennywise, so, you know, adjacent as well. So, oh, and there's a Scream guy. And what's down there? Will the movie Hocus Pocus appear on Sound Scary? It's not really a horror movie. I doubt it, but I like that movie. Yeah. I think a movie that we legit could do an episode on would be Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, you have to. That movie is honestly phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, would I, think, think. I would think you would have to. Uh, while we're here, I just wanted to look at it. Um, how's Shocktober going? Unless that's your piece of positivity, in which case we'll save it. Oh, it's fine. Um, Shocktober is going well. I'm going strong. I've watched a movie every night. We'll see if I get to one tonight. I don't have anything on the docket, but I never do. I just sort of see what takes me in the moment. Um, when was the last update I gave you? That was only after the first night, right, where I watched Creep Show. Yeah, and I think you had mentioned something via Twitter. There was some movie you saw that you thought was really, really good. I can't remember. I should check your Twitter timeline. Mm. I mean, po- it's hard you post to post so infrequently. Yeah, but I post much more frequently on Instagram at Doc Manson. If you would like to check okay, that here's, out, but here's my issue with that. If I don't have Instagram, I can't like I don't have Instagram on my phone, and I can't. It's hard to find. Like, and look through somebody's Instagram feed if you don't actually have Instagram yourself. You can go to Instagram.com forward slash Doc Manson, I think. Okay. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. But you could also just get yourself an Instagram account. Yeah. Was it Suspiria? Was that the one you were raving about? Suspiria was very good. Yes. Blown away. October 5th. Blown away by the film for night five of Shocktober. Suspiria was incredible. Where did I write that? 58 billion hashtags. Yeah. Well, Suspiria is a remake of the 1977 film by Dario Argento. It's a classic of of the genre. And this is a remake, ostensibly. Also, you might call it a reimagining because it does deviate from the original original film in several extremely key ways. Um, So, yeah, the thing I like about it is it's familiar. It's that premise but the filmmaker was not beholden to what that original film was. They really made it their own. They made it a period piece. They actually set it in 1977. Um, there's a lot going on in terms of... It takes place in Germany. There's a lot of like revolutionary-type stuff going on in the background that's not central to the main plot, but really helps set the context for what's happening. It's a very sort of smart socio-political undertone um, that's not present in the original film, but again, very interesting and smart. And uh, Tilda Swinton's in it, and I don't know if you like Tilda Swinton, but she's an acting powerhouse. And I didn't even realize this when I was watching it, but she plays one character very clearly. She plays three different characters in this film, one of which is a elderly gentleman, elderly German gentleman in heavy prosthetics. I had no idea it was her. Like, no idea the entire time I was watching. They, They even have a fake name in the credits for an actor that they made up. But no, it's her. Um... I don't know. It was really good. It's two and a half hours long. So if I was going to ding it on anything, is it slow? I enjoy slow films these days. I very much, I've always liked even like spaghetti westerns, you know, three hour long epics where they're not afraid for the cinematography just to hang on something, whether that's a a, a wide scenic shot or or something Mm -hmm. for very long periods. I'm okay with that. I appreciate that. So I, I could see it being frustrating for some people. Um, but you know that sort of cinematography is used very well in this film. Uh, I think the story here is excellent. It goes places, like I said, even beyond the original film. It really makes it its own. I was just I wasn't expecting 
much from it being a remake, but it was excellent. Like this is, and the funny thing is I usually say remakes should only be done of terrible movies. Let the original movies live. They're going to be fine on their own. There's no reason to remake good movies. The original Suspiria is an excellent movie. This remake, an equally, maybe differently excellent movie. Um, so this is one of those few exceptions where I think both films are well worth watching just for different reasons. That's how I feel about The Princess Bride. I know that the remake will be an equally, maybe different, but excellent movie. No. No, it won't. Are you saying that's inconceivable? Indeed. Um, have you ever read the book of uh, I keep, Princess Bride? It, it's, a, it's one of those books that every time somebody mentions it, I'm like, I really do want to read it, and I haven't. I should. Maybe I will request it from the library. It's really good. I, I really enjoyed that book, so I think you should read it. Um, I'm going to request it while we're podcasting. All right, so Shocktober is good. You're feeling good. I think Glenn's doing it as well. I think he commented on... Oh. I believe, I believe you're recruiting others. To in well, your quest. If he hasn't, I can't say I've looked at the emails yet, but if he hasn't, Glenn. He tweeted about it. Write in an email. Tell me what your favorite movie has been so far. Give me a top three. You're always asking us to make lists. Tell me what you've enjoyed. If I haven't seen something, maybe I'll seek it out. Always good to, uh, you know, talk with a fellow connoisseur. Now you, I saw you recommend someone on Twitter. I forget who it was now. If I could recommend them a horror movie. Um, yes. And they got they were I said there's so many to choose from and they got back and said well I don't know do you just have a personal favorite I didn't respond because I don't know how to respond it's sort of like that question when you're a parent and they're like who's your favorite child like I, I can't answer for multiple reasons I, I need to know what type of movie you're looking for honestly because horror movies they they they, they span such a wide gamut. That if I just pulled something out of the ether, it could be totally weird or offensive to you and totally not at all what you're looking for. You know what I mean? I, I, I just I don't even know how to begin to approach just picking things out from the blue. Um, I enjoy it all. Things that are super campy and crazy and things that are super gory and intense and things that are uncomfortable. Like, not everything plays to a room full of a general audience. And I don't know if that's what you're looking for or if you're looking for something for someone who's seen some shit, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to recommend very different films depending on what you're looking for. Basically. Well, okay. But let's say it's somebody who wants to get into the horror genre. What would be a good, I think the term was in infection point. And you know, what would be a good movie to start somebody off if they really wanted to, I mean, get into horror. That depends. I mean, if I felt like they were skittish with the gore, I might recommend they start with a horror comedy that's not particularly gory in some way. If, But even still, if they're looking for something a little more self-serious, I might recommend they start something like Halloween because that's a serious slasher film and it's you know a classic of the genre. But while intense, I don't think there's any blood in that original first film from 1978. So... Even still, like, you know what I mean? Like, the, it, I need to know what the motivations are, I guess. Hard, right. to, hard to say. Hard to say. Fair enough. I have now just put in, so, The uh, the Princess Bride by William Goldman is on its way to me, so I will have to read it. All right. Um, all right. 
Yeah, no, I do know who that was. I can't remember her name now, but she was she was looking for a horror movie, although it's probably too late. It was like, hey, I want to watch a horror movie tonight. Any recommendations? And so I was like, let me send her to the expert. And then, of course, he obstructed, as he usually does. It's not obstructing. It's not obstructing. Um, am I wrong to believe you watched some pro wrestling? I know we weren't going to you know, we weren't going to be a wrestling podcast anymore, but you actually watched some pro wrestling this week. correct? I did. I couldn't help myself after I saw after I saw Mitchell's comment about how AEW was going to be available to view for free for on streaming on TNT the following day. I had to check it out, and, and it was there. And I watched the first thirty or so minutes, and and I didn't watch the rest of it. So is that saying something? Probably, although I think that's harsher than I necessarily would intend it to be. Um, what I saw was the opening. I saw their first match ever on TNT. I'm sorry. Their first match in 20 years because they kept talking like this was a logical extension of WCW. Did you catch that on the commentary? They kept talking like they were <laughs> WCW. Now, I understand. You think I watched this? <laughs> I understand uh, what they were going for. Like, they were saying this is the first wrestling that's been on TNT in 20 years. Uh, and they're making that connection and callback and trying to hope that somebody sure. just flipping through the channels remembers that. But I thought it was a very weird way to try to frame that product. And a questionable choice. Yeah. Uh, probably came from TNT, if I had to guess. It probably wasn't something they chose to do. but I very much like... <clears throat> WCW. I enjoyed watching all of the pay-per-views and all of the Monday Nitros. But I don't think you want... Unless you're going to card out Ric Flair and Sting, not to have a match, but just to talk about it, um, I don't think you you want to make that connection. This is something new. This is something yeah. different. You know, trying to, be, trying to be what it was 20 years ago wouldn't be the way I would go about it. Correct. There is a there is wrestling that I'm going to talk about in a bit that that is kind of like that, but that's what it's trying to be. And like and I can understand them trying to make a big deal. This is the first match of this promotion and Cody Rhodes who's ostensibly one of the VPs kicking it off. Like I understand the sort of gravitas they were trying to convey. It's just difficult because you, you need to allow this product to stand on its own. They're presenting Cody Rhodes, I'm sorry, Cody, in a specific way. But it's hard to, it's hard to remember that this is not the same kid who left the WWE several years ago after being largely unsuccessful. You know what I mean? So it doesn't feel as important as they think it is. And again, I understand time has not stood still. He's made a lot of progress, right? They've put together this entire freaking company, which got a TV deal, which is a huge deal. But if you're just watching it as a third-party participant who knows nothing about the business, and you're just saying, I think that's Stardust? That's weird. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I, they need it. I, I, so it's hard to make a judgment call based off of one episode, right? I'd like to say, okay, that doesn't really fire on all cylinders, but I can't, begrudge them because they're just starting they're presenting cody in this way and saying no he is one of the foundations of this company and 
hopefully they fall. I think they will follow that through week to week and they will build on that. And maybe he will come to feel as important as they want him to feel. But right now, with my background, with my baggage that I'm bringing to their with to their product, again, that's on me. That's my problem. I'm the one bringing that baggage. But it does make it a little bit more difficult to suspend your yeah. disbelief. I thought it was interesting. I didn't watch it, and I laughed before. Also, whoever I, he was facing, they were trying to pretend like this young guy, this young Sammy Guevara, was that it? Yeah. They were like... They're trying to teach, like, he's an up-and-comer, and, like, the way they were painting it, you would think this guy was the second coming of AJ Styles or something. Yeah. He wasn't that good. Like, he was good. Like, don't get me wrong. He was good. But he seems more like... He seems like later-day Impact X Division than early-day. You know what sure. I mean? Like, yeah. I watched... He botched a couple of moves. And don't get me wrong. I'm not one to say botches don't have their place, right? They're doing... Difficult athletic moves. Of course people are going to stumble occasionally. Like, it makes sense. But again, this is your first match. The way you're building this up, you think that in terms of, and this is probably where my next point will go, in terms of production quality, you think they'd be a little bit more liberal with the editing that they're doing mm -hmm. to better portray the performances of these people. Now, yeah. that said, that's a stylistic choice to some degree. You don't want to come across as overly produced, maybe. WWE? Definitely seems overly produced. So I understand maybe that's even a choice that they're making. Maybe it's not out of necessity, you know. But at the same time, you also see them open the show. And this is cool, right? Because wrestling, how long ago did WWE get rid of Pyro? They got rid of fireworks and all that. And all the it's hardcore it's fans. It's back now. But all they've ever done is lament it being gone, you know. And so to watch them, this opening thing with Cody coming out and fireworks going off. But there was, to me, there was always a difference between the fireworks that the WWE did at their big events and the fireworks that TNA did at sure. their events. You know what I mean? There, one comes off as polished and glossed. The other one comes off as, oh, those are some little whistlers. You know what I mean? And again, that's a weird thing to hold against a company. Like, it's cool that they're striving to present themselves in that way that the fans really want. But I can't shake the feeling that comes off a little bit low rent and production value seems a little lower than I would have hoped. But again, they're a brand new company. What did I expect? I, I don't know. But that's the th I think that's the point. WWE, whether you like them or not, they have set the bar so high in so many ways that you don't even realize how high your expectations are as a side effect of that. Mm -hmm. And so I think I struggle coming to terms with that, with this product as well. And, and again, that's only based off of a half an hour of a two-hour show. I didn't watch the sure. rest of it. Um, the announcers were very good. I liked good. Tony. Tony Schiavone. I, I'm very happy for Tony Schiavone. He's got a great voice, man. You want I was talking about you know Jim Ross cutting through. That guy... He cuts through. There's a reason he, you know, if you go back and watch some of the WWF stuff from the 80s, Tony Schiavone's there. Then he goes to WCW and he's there pretty much the entire time. Like, he's a very good announcer. He got some flack because he was part of WCW when it ended. He did the whole Mick Foley thing. Um, then, you know, he kind of went off and had some 
I'm not going to say he had issues. He kind of went and just became a baseball announcer for a while, but hmm. he became kind of a running joke. But I'm super happy that he is getting a chance to be a star. And, you know, at some point I will. I don't have the TNT app. I wouldn't even know the first. Like, I wonder if I can find it. You know, is there a way to get it on a Chromebook? I don't know. Um, I would like to watch it. I'm very interested in watching AEW After Dark, which is they're just dark matches from their huh. shows. Okay. So I'm interested in watching that. Um my thought process, though, was you're going to start this show with Cody Rhodes. Everyone assumes this is Cody Rhodes' vanity project. Like, I'm going to go off and start a company, and he happened to find some people. So just, you know, people are always making the comparison to TNA and Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff Jarrett, for a lot of that, the TNA years, the company was built around him. And you're like, I, don't, I personally don't want to see that again. So the fact that he opened the show... And then one, I'm like, you're Cody Rhodes. You could lose the opening match to a young up and coming kid. And you yeah, know. but again, I'm not I after one week, I am not prepared sure. to make comments on their creative oh, no. decisions. You, you can't. I don't think it's fair to make comments for six months. Right. And then, you know, because I don't think April, there's, we I don't look think there's and be anything like, wrong as of, even just as a vanity project. I don't think there's anything wrong with him coming out and establishing himself as one of the top guys in this company and winning that first ever match. It goes down in the history books as Cody Rhodes won the first ever televised AEW match. And, you know, I think, well, don't get me wrong, yeah, wouldn't it be nice to say some up-and-comer did that? I get it, man. you got to protect the company because there is a company now. You need to make sure that it's a company guy. But at the same time, where do they go from here? Is he going to be the relentless, constant presence at the top of that card that Jeff Jarrett was in TNA? Or is after... Because, again, there is there is value in upfront letting him go on a win streak, establishing himself as a top dog. Yeah, and then right. you can use that to get other people over. It feels like the way the stories have been told on these shows, it feels like the next AEW champion is Kenny Omega. And I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Kenny Omega, huge star in Japan. Everyone says he can be a big star in the United States. Give him a chance to do so. Fine with that. And it's, I think for me, it was just like, you're one of the, like, I said, yeah. not owners, but you're one of those guys. Like, you could have put Adam Page. You want to build Adam Page up? Have him win the first match. It's but one of the that's, problems. That's nit, it's nitpicking. It's one of the problems with having talent being involved in running the company. Yes. You're always going to have those questions about, well, are they in this position because they've earned it or because they're booking it? And yeah. I think that does them disservices as a talent to ha not have that clarified that they're not involved in the booking. And of course, that's not the case. I think they are involved in the booking very clearly. They are the bookers yeah. um, in this case. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works long term especially when you think about wrestling audiences and how upset they were for years at triple h right booking himself at the top of the card jeff jarrett booking himself like i don't know yeah. how that works in a project like this in the day of the internet if you're going to build put yourself on the top of the card because you literally have nobody else to do it fine yeah. There were probably moments in WWF where they were like, look, either the Benoit thing happened or somebody's injured, this guy's injured, we need to build around Triple H for a little while. I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't mind if Cody wins the AEW title three, four, half a dozen times. It just struck me as like right out of the gate, 
again, it's fine. You got to establish yourself. At least that's how I'm justifying it. I think there's nothing wrong with establishing which talents are supposed to be the big deals. Mm -hmm. We're so at the genesis of this thing. I don't think we can hold that against them yet. The question is, where do they go from here? Sure. Moxley made an appearance. Um, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask. Does the idea that the big debut was Jack Swagger, a.k.a. Jake Hager. I didn't get that far. I, I know. It was the end of the show. That was it. Whether or not he's formally aligned with Chris Jericho at the stable or whether or not it's just we are the bad guys in this promotion. He was the big hmm. debuting superstar. Tool. Spoilers. Sorry. I had no idea. That does not you excite really, me. You really stay off of Twitter. You do. Yeah. I'm impressed. Like, yep. it's... You know, um, are you going to watch any of it this week? We'll see. So, no, probably now granted, not. Now, granted, it's October. Yeah, that makes it a little bit more difficult. Okay. Plus, things are just super busy right now. Sure. You but I computer to build. You got classes. Yeah, but I do. I do think I will be giving AEW more of a shot as they continue to develop. I don't know that I'll watch it every week, but I'm going to be checking in. Did you watch more of AEW than you watched Hell in a Cell? Well, given that I I don't have any way to watch Hell in a Cell, periodically my Apple TV logs out of things. So. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. That's okay. It's fine. I've heard. Now, even staying off of Twitter, I heard all about the shit show that was the end of Hell in a Cell, at least according to Twitter. It was not that bad. Well, okay. There were part, I did watch it. There were parts of it that were bad. And, I'm, and this is me saying it. There were parts of it that I was like, I am bored watching Seth Rollins beat the crap out of The Fiend. Now, I heard something. Um, I don't know if it happened on the pay-per-view or it was Fallout afterwards, if it was Raw. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. But I heard that there became there was this Twitter exchange that occurred, and it might have been a sign at first. And it just resonated with me. It really explains the problem that I think I've had long term. Seth Rollins is not cool. Have you heard about this controversy? Yes. It was he a sign about it. or something, and he tweeted it back. And that is 100% it. He's a great wrestler, but Seth Rollins is not cool. I don't care how long you want to pretend that he's cool, he's not cool. Just watch like the if you if you see them, you know, Roman Reigns shows up and he's either in a suit or he's in a black T-shirt with the chain and he's got the Samoan look. And you're like, okay, that guy looks cool. Seth Rollins shows up and he's got a ball cap that's kind of tilted to the side. His hair's in a ponytail. He's wearing a hoodie that's kind of zipped up. He's got glasses on. And I'm like, you don't you look like you're going to the comic book store. It actually, and that's okay. There's is. a lot of wrestlers. There's a lot of wrestling fans who are also going to the comic book store. It got me thinking about when they were trying to introduce Finn Balor to the main roster. Remember, there was like literally one week where in every backstage segment, it was like, "Have you seen the Demon King? Where is the Demon King? The Demon King? The Demon King? The Demon?" Like they just kept kept going over and over. and that was. It made me think about that because the thing that. I really disliked about that entire sequence with Finn Balor was you took this character who was supposed to be cool and you made him uncool. You made the yeah. demon King 
completely uncool. And here's the thing with Finn Balor is, though, he embraces how uncool he is. Like, you know, all that smiling stuff he does on Twitter, the planking that he does. Yeah. Like, he, he embraces how uncool he is, and to some extent that works for him and his character. Seth Rollins, it seems to me, the way he's being presented, is they think he's cool, but he's not. Now, this is probably me giving WWE far more credit than they deserve. Well, you've got a track record of that. I am guilty of that. However, Having seen more of this than you, I'm wondering if at some point, whether at the start or at some point, they were like, we need to lean into this. We actually need to go with this. The moment where it's like Raw reunion or something, DX is there, uh, you know, um, and he's kind of on the outskirts and it's a popular picture. People post it of him like trying to look cool. I'm like, they went out of their way to make him look like the geeky outsider who just happens to be sitting at the last seat at the cool table. Sure. And they haven't noticed that he's there. So there's a part of me that's like, is this intentional? Like, you know, here's the thing. Here's the problem. It doesn't matter if it's intentional. I get it. You want to work the crowd. You don't want to just give people what they think they're going to get, but come on. Everyone wanted the fiend to leave hell in a cell as the champion. You have to, and they they were very good about this last year at WrestleMania, right? That we praised them at WrestleMania. Sometimes it's just okay to give the crowd what they want. The only way this makes sense to me, because I, again, I gave them way too much credit, and I said, you know, this is the end of one chapter of the story. They could have a new Hell in a Cell match on Raw, and Bray Wyatt wins. That didn't happen. I gave them too much credit. The only thing that I'm guessing now is the Fiend is getting drafted to SmackDown. You can't have Bray Wyatt win the Universal title and then go to the brand where the other champion is. Unless he's then going to have to surrender it, because why does the Fiend care about championships at all? Unclear. But that's always been the problem with Bray Wyatt. So he could have won and then just been like, I I don't want it. What is this? I don't want it. And they could have then had a tournament for it, and maybe that would have made fans more happy. Yes, of course he doesn't want it. You know, they find it like on the floor outside the fire, you know, the Firefly Funhouse. He's using it as a welcome mat and they strip him of it. And sure. Yeah. So I, I don't know. But either way. Um, and here's, I enjoyed- here's how I know that we're that you always are giving the WWE too much credit. And that is by opening Raw with a scene in which Rusev is being, you know, accosted by the fact that his wife, Lana, is cheating on him with Bobby Lashley. Yeah. The fact that they are pursuing this storyline, I don't care if it is well executed this time or not. Oh, I have no idea if it's well executed. All I know is Rusev beat the crap out of Orton and Baron Corbin. All I know is they've never been able to do anything with Lana except make her the desires of other men. And frankly, at this point, it's insulting. I'm not wild about the story, although I'm holding out hope. Fingers crossed that a fish gets thrown. If they throw a fish, all is forgiven. Yeah. But really, when you think about it, just think about all of the storylines she's ever been involved in. Ziggler. And they're going to this well again. This show, Raw has very, very much 
seemed to me when I watched, and I didn't watch this week. I watched clips because I don't care about Tyson Fury. Um, I don't even know who that is. He's a boxer that is going to wrestle Braun Strowman at some point. Okay. He's some big boxer. Is he a wrestler? No, he's a boxer. Then I'm not interested. Cain Velasquez came out and attacked Brock Lesnar. Who? He's only a, a UFC fighter who's wrestled like a small number of matches in Mexico. He, I think they're going to go to Saudi Arabia, and there's going to be all of these boxer versus wrestler, MMA fighter versus wrestler. Awesome. If you get the chance, because I can try to remember what my passwords are for this stuff. The match you should watch is Becky versus Sasha in a cell because it was really good. I know you're not necessarily wild about Sasha. I don't really know. I'm not sure you're totally in love with Becky Lynch either, but I think you would enjoy that match. It was very well done. Okay. I'm sure Um, it was very good. They're two great competitors. Outside of that, the only wrestling I watched this week uh, was this morning. I checked out on YouTube NWA Power because it has three R's. The So can, can you end- can you roll your R's like in like a Spanish accent? Power. There you. That's what I want. Give me more of that. Give me more of that. I got to my throat now. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, the NWA, which still exists, um, is doing a studio show that harkens back. This is what I was referencing before. They are intentionally trying to make a show that looks like. 1980s studio wrestling where there's there's an actual stage set up. It looks like, you know, the wrestling fans are in risers. There's not a lot of them there. Um, It looks, if if you are familiar with Southpaw wrestling, but you're not as familiar with the old school stuff, it's like if Southpaw wrestling was an actually serious thing. Like they're going that that sort of way. Um, All Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's not bad. I enjoyed it. Um, it sounds like it would be right up your alley. There are a little too many TNA knockoffs. You got Nick Aldis. You've got Bram. You've got. There was somebody else. Um, Eli Drake, who I thought you said you liked watching TNA recently. Yeah, although he. Um... He's a good performer, but he's made some questionable life and business okay. decisions. So okay. I'm not sure I can um, say I'm a fan. All right. But yeah, it was, you know, it's free. It's on the NWA YouTube channel. I've spent worse hours. And then and again, it was good. The theme music was excellent. It's you something didn't... different for people who are interested in that okay. sort of thing. You didn't watch so. NXT? That's not your bag still? Uh, let me see. Since may, oh maybe I did no I did. Although again the problem is here's the deal I don't watch it live so when I watch it afterwards I watched Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle, I watched some of Shayna Baszler versus Candice LeRae. I was a little bummed Candice didn't win. It would have been better I think if she had. Um, I didn't watch the Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era. So like it's it's hard for me to sit through a whole two hour show when I already know the results. I have to, if I'm going to do this, I have to actually try to stay off of yep. social media to don't get spoiled. Fair enough. But I didn't watch Raw, and so I have no idea about uh, how it's working with Lana getting into bed with Lashley. Who apparently now is just 
He had he apparently had personality, which is apparently not. they insinuated that she took her top off. You can't say that it's you know demeaning and insulting, and then give me the eyebrow boobs. DC. Yeah, I'm aware. Big old boobies. All right. I can see you're in the emails, so that must mean that it is time for the emails. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com is where you can send them. Um, our first email is from Che, and it's Wrestling Restart. Hey, guys. With mainstream wrestling currently undergoing some kind of fresh start movement, I would argue about that, is there anything going on in the world of wrestling that's tempting Doc to get involved and start watching again at the end of Shocktober, of course? Ah, uh, yeah, AEW. From last night's, from last Monday, from last Monday's Raw, oh boy, through the start of the <laughs> Wednesday Night War, a good start to SmackDown on Fox, wrestling seemed to be heading in the right direction. Fingers crossed the draft has a few surprises in store and can keep the momentum rolling. Hope you're both well. Best wishes from across the pond. Che, sent for my Samsung Galaxy smartphone. Does the draft hold any appeal to you at all? None. Because it means nothing. It always means nothing. They I'll might stick to it for a year. Well, yes. Maybe. But even this day and age? But yes, in I a think, year they have another draft. I think Fox is going to get spooked on ratings in about three months, and you're going to see more wild card ass bullshit coming on back. I don't know if that's exactly the form it will take, but... People are going to panic. Hope that's what they call, I hope that's what they call it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. I just, at this point, they can't stick to their guns on anything. That much is clear. So, I, I don't know. All right. Glenn sends us an email. Tag me in. Good evening, gents. With it looking more likely that there is going to be a hard brand split after the draft, would you like to see separate titles on each brand or, say, the tag teams on Raw and the women's title on SmackDown? U.S. and IC title split with one world title for the men and one for the women. Thanks as always, Glenn. Son from a hotel bedroom in Birmingham, where I'm confined to at the moment. It's, has Pav locked you in? Glenn, is that why you can't leave Birmingham? Birmingham? Brum? Birmingham? Uh, good to know you're in a hotel. Um. Do you care at all? About what? No. The titles on the various brands. No. I mean, they have so... Here's the thing. There's too many titles, and they don't mean anything. Yeah. Having said that, I, I, you know, my thoughts on this are pretty well known. Universal men's title, universal women's title, <clears throat> universal tag team titles, universal women's tag team titles. Raw champion... SmackDown champion. If you want to throw tag belts in there, you can. I don't know that you need any more than that. Yeah, I mean, I could see having a mid-card women's belt. Yeah, but again, the problem is with, do you going to put two? Because, <clears throat> you know, either your champions are universal and can go to any show, or every brand needs a mid-card woman's title. True. I mean, that's not necessarily true. I mean, if anything, I would think that you could try to give your shows more flavor. I think, you know, as Glenn even alludes to here, and we've talked about before, have one show have the tag division. 
have one, one show. Have the women's division. Well, I, I think maybe both shows could have a women's division, but maybe one show has the tag belts, one show has the mid-card women's belt. You know what? Something like that. Sure. Where there's different flavor to the type of wrestling you're going to get on that show. You could very easily, and I think this is what they did in the 2000s brand split, one brand has a cruiserweight title, one brand has a 24-7 title. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I failed to mention the best part of Hell in a Cell. Tamina Snuka, one time. 24-7 champion. Did she My lose girl. it yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She... To who? Carmella. Carmella has been... Oh, no. Maybe our truth won it back. I can't remember. Is he an 18-time champion now? I don't know. But our truth faced off at one point with Kung Fu Naki. Great. Because the, the, the joke now is during every pay-per-view, the 24-7 title spills out into where all the international commentators are. Has Funaki won it yet? Oh, he's going to. It's, they're, they're setting it up. He's going to win it probably at the next pay-per-view. Good. Good. All right. Uh, let's see. Our next one comes from Jeremy. 50 is the new 30. Taking into consideration their particular time and place, who is the better sports wrestling entertainment artist? Shane O'Mac at 50 or Vince McMahon at 50? Well, let's see. When was Vince McMahon? When was he 50? Because 50 would have been, what, 20 years ago for him? 95. So that was wrestling been... in 95. That... I'm guessing yeah. he means, like, yeah, you know, the 98, 99, he was in his early 50s. So who did you who do you like better, Vince wrestling or Shane wrestling? I think Shane's a better wrestler. Sure. But you want to talk about Mr. McMahon and Steve Austin? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's really no beating that, so... I think Vince is the better storyteller, which probably makes sense. Yeah. Shane is a better athlete. Sure. Yep. No arguments there. Mit- Mitchell, positivity versus apologist. Am I doing this one? You sure are. <laughs> so since the dawn of AEW, I've begun to notice a trend on Twitter. There were Twitter accounts I followed because in a storm of negativity... They always had something positive to say about WWE's product. I had fun following WWE, so of course I wanted to read from people who felt the same. But what I've begun to notice is that when people appear to be positive, sometimes they are indeed just apologists for WWE. Defenders, if you will. <coughs> I don't like where this is going. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't like where this is going. Mm-hmm. I said I wasn't completely satisfied with the ending of the cell match. I'm not saying AEW is perfect. Nor am I saying WWE is perfect. What I am saying is that it's disappointing when you follow people to get away from every tweet just being a complaint about how everything is awful, then those same people begin to do the same thing when there is someone else besides WWE to complain about. I hope that my opinions on AEW were balanced enough for you, Mitchell. I'm not trying to complain. Like I said, I think they need a few weeks. I don't think you did complain. I think it was more of you watched half an hour of it and... Yeah. Then you. It's too early. Really, I think that's the take home. Is it's anybody who is out there saying things that are purely negative or purely positive. Let's be fair. They don't. It's it's not real yet. The issue to me was always that they were making all of these comments before they had even had one episode of television. I'm like, you've watched like two pay per views they've done. How do you know what it's going to be? Right. It could have been anything. In the same vein. Being a positive person does not mean you're not allowed to be critical of something. It's equally frustrating to say they could have done this better, 
just to be met with, well, if you don't like it, don't watch. I watch because I think I might enjoy it, but that doesn't mean it's a guarantee every single show. We need to learn how to talk intelligently about this thing we love, no matter the company, being honest about each company's skills and shortcomings, without being told we're dumb for defending something or critiquing something. Otherwise, what's the point of Twitter or wrestling podcasts at all? Is that not why we're here? To have a discussion? Well, Mitchell, I think you are mistaken on the purpose of Twitter. We'll just leave it at that. I don't know. I've been sitting on some version of this rant for a long time, but I kept not sending it because I couldn't find the words. For better or worse, I think I finally more or less found a for better or worse, I think I finally more or less found a way <laughs> to express what I've wanted to convey. What are your all's thoughts on this? Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like Twitter Twitter's very interesting because it's it's I think one of the easiest social networks to get connected with people you don't know because there's not that many right there facebook but facebook is very much geared towards people you actually know in real life i feel like it's difficult to get your thoughts in front of random people twitter it's very easy to get your thoughts in front of random people um but unfortunately i think that has the side effect of making twitter a bit of a cesspool and it's sort of just inherent to the way that platform is designed and i hate to say that i mean there's plenty of good discourse happening on twitter i'm not discounting that but I think there's an awful lot of noise um, considering how much signal is out there. Sure. You know what I mean? In order to properly enjoy Twitter, I find, and this is my own personal way of doing it. You Twitter I apologist. Recall, I'm guilty of that from time to time. Mm-hmm. I, I like coming up with reasons why Oh, WWE probably did this because we're going to have a cell in the cell match on a Monday Night Raw. Or they're not going to be on the show at all. That works, too. Yeah, that and we're going to have a giant pull apart brawl between Braun Strowman and Ooh, a boxer. I don't know. I could go for a pull apart, like a nice monkey bread of some kind. Oh, that'd be good. Um, where was I going with this? It requires constant vigilance, to quote one Mad Eye Moody. You've got to be like, look, if you know, if the I just unfollowed someone this week because was it me? I'm, no, <laughs> I will never unfollow you. Um. The, you know, they sometimes will write stuff that I don't necessarily agree with and they pushed it a little too far. And the what they said was not supposedly what they meant. And I was just like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not willing to bring race into this right now. Mm. And you made a comment I wasn't happy with. And so now I don't follow you anymore. Huh. So, you, yeah. But yeah, I think Twitter is difficult. It's not there to have a discussion, at least not when it comes to AEW. AEW is such a hot button topic. You have your hardcore fans and then you have your people who are hardcore waiting for them to fail and looking for every reason to fault them for. It's honestly, it's it's very you even when it was just the WWE, like you see them, the way people micro analyze the ratings from week to week, the quarter hours and and, and like you do realize that sometimes when they're talking about like just like a point here and there, like a decimal point of ratings, yeah. like that's probably within their margin of error for the Nielsen ratings. Like, and they'll sure. they'll be putting, oh, this quarter hour was this, and this week was down for this, and that was up over here, and like none, and usually sometimes like the differences are so minute, like they don't actually mean anything. People mm-hmm. are looking and creating explanations in places where. 
there is no meaning to be had. People were making a giant deal because AEW beat NXT in the ratings. And I was like, Let's, Once. I don't think we need to. Well, and I don't think we need to make a de- big deal about, you know, this flagship show and NXT is not their flagship show. And I can watch NXT tomorrow on the network. So I'm probably going to watch AEW. This is what I suggested whenever anyone was saying, do I watch AEW or NXT? Watch AEW because it's live and it's not going to be immediately broadcast on their streaming service. I didn't know at the time that apparently you could watch it on the app. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Danielle has our final email of the evening. Fall break and sacks it sucks. Leaf emoji. Hi. Thank you guys for reading through that super salty email last week about checks and administration fluff stuff. Both issues were resolved at 1 p.m. on Wednesday, not long after I had sent that email. This week is fall break for kids in Norman, which means I get to stay home today and write out this email. You have a fall break? Aren't you lucky? Tomorrow, all There's I have to do is go to... a place called Norman? Oklahoma. I did know that, but I, I don't know what a fall break is. Maybe if you started school in early August, I guess. Tomorrow, all I have to do is go to class, and on Friday, I have my academic advising appointment for the spring, and then a test at DRC. That's confirmed, scheduled at the correct time. Good. To answer a question about DDT wrestling, you could still be branded as a lifestyle improv podcast while lightly discussing wrestling. You gentlemen are the last of the wrestling podcasts I listen to, and with DC quizzing and updating Doc about wrestling, it keeps me in the loop. Plus, I enjoy asking about random wrestling questions that sometimes relate to the current product oh, and man. sometimes not. Is that our niche? Are we are we the podcast that just sort of casually keeps you in the loop? On wrestling without being too seriously about wrestling? Yes. That's an interesting niche. We're the USA Today. Right? <laughs> Never really thought about it that way before. Here's kind of, I think, what happened. <laughs> yeah. I know you're not really watching, Doc, but but yeah. here's what's happening. If you're interested at all, like, here, little cliff notes. Yeah. You're the cliff notes. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. The Reader's Digest version. Yeah. Plus, I enjoy asking about random... Re- oh, that sometimes relate to the current product and sometimes not. Below are some questions, a few of them wrestling-related. WWE Network. I'm halfway through the year 2004 with Raw-only episodes. I've debated that when I end 2004, I jump over to the first years of SmackDown. The other option is to start WCW. If I were to start WCW, what is y'all's and the besties' recommendation? Start with RoboCop. I have the Death of WCW book, and I'm considering waiting to watch a bit of WCW Nitros and pay-per-views before reading the book. Yes, do not read that book until you watch whatever you want to watch about it, because it'll be much better. Or read stuff and then stop reading to go watch what they're talking about. That also wouldn't be a bad idea. Use the book as a guide to watch, because it'll take you through the entire history of the promotion. Okay. So... Raw and SmackDown. The announcing switch-up was the first notable move, especially during Hayek. Hell in a Cell. I can see how the Raw team will improve, but I may need to go back and watch the women's Hell in a Cell match on mute, like DC tweeted out during the pay-per-view. Yeah, the Raw announced team is now Vic Joseph, Dio Madden, and Jerry Lawler. I know who Jerry Lawler is. I was going to say, I'm waiting for my favorite line from the list. 
I don't know who that is. Uh, Vic Joseph has been doing 205 Live and NXT UK for a bit. He's good. He's like Tom Phillips light. And Dio Madden I... is a former football player that is now an uh, announcer. In all this excitement about NXT on USA, about AEW, Wednesday Night Wars, the brands, I forgot 205 Live was a thing that existed. For now. I think it's eventually going to get merged with NXT, but for now it does. That is interesting. Because there's going to be, I think tonight I think on you NXT, even... there's going to be a Cruiserweight title match. Yeah, I was going to say, you even mentioned the Cruiserweight title when we were talking about splitting titles, but that yeah. did not in my mind, prompt me to think of 205 Live. Huh. For some reason, the three that were announcing were distracting for me. What is this? I also miss Renee on commentary for SmackDown now since she's just a special contributor. What does that mean? I'm, she's not. The announced team for SmackDown is Corey Graves and Michael Cole, and that's it. So does she does like she does like the interviews and the backstage, like the sit down, serious interview stuff. Okay. I'm curious if that was a Fox or WWE decision to have her not as present on the announce team, but we'll see how they plays out Friday night during the draft books for when I mail out books to DC doc and Mrs. Manson DC is the book you mentioned that you already own the death of WCW. I own it as well, but haven't started it yet. Or were you referring to a history book? I have like three history books that might match with DC. Well, I own the death of WCW, but I was referring to guns, germs, and steel. I know you've referenced that book either on Twitter or in emails. I have it. It is in my pile of history books I haven't read yet. Pumpkins. I actually will be carving my first pumpkin Sunday, October 12th. Yes. Thank goodness for Pinterest to help me figure out what I want to carve. And if anyone listening will be or has carved a pumpkin, use the hashtag pumpkin carving contest on social media to share your creation and tag who challenged you and someone else you challenged to carve a pumpkin this Halloween season, Halloween season, pumpkin emoji. I'm just telling all of you, if you challenge me, I won't do it. Come on. I'll, I'm probably going to carve a pumpkin, but I'm not going to take part in a contest. You better carve that a pumpkin. If you get tagged, you better carve a pumpkin. Episode 200. The celebration may actually be closer than we all guess that it is. The last episode that was counted was back in the summer with episode 168. Oh, that's right. We don't post episode numbers anymore. Well, they still exist in the background. Um, oh. The reason why, but they're not part of the titles anymore because Apple actually changed their guidance on that. They don't want numbers in titles anymore because they're counting the numbers in the background. They surface it themselves. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, well, it's interesting what she's about to say. Okay. This week's episode will be 196 not including the question marks or pontificasts that were done. I did include the episode where DC answered the emails. I think you did the emails, right? I didn't do the emails. You did. I think I did one, but then you did a response one. Oh, okay. But if that doesn't count, then this week's episode is 195. Therefore, episode 200 will be released Friday, November 8th, or Friday, November 15th. I have it also written on a sticky note to look up and see what happened to the DC and Doc Talk episode from a couple of years ago to re-listen to it and share it. This week's also Red River, where Oklahoma and state that must not be named and we spell it backwards all week sacks it. Oh, I get it now. Compete against each other at the Saxit State Fair. Said school threw a fit last year because of a tradition from OU is to have the hand gesture 
for hook'em horns upside down. We've been doing it for 75 plus years and it caught wind with other schools and sacks it through a fit about it and no one's allowed to do the gesture anymore. Boo. Which also means that Saxit can't take our number one symbol and hold it upside down as well, or transition it from the pointer finger to a middle finger. You're doing hand signs. <laughs> but they do it anyways, but never get in trouble. I also don't like that shade of orange. These were all the questions and thoughts I had written down on a sticky note, and 95% of these ideas were from commuting and during breaks from listening to Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. I'm excited to start the show soon, now that I've finished the audiobook and returned it early. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. Halloween cheers at Danielle Sully 19. Danielle, your email's always enjoyable to read. Now I know what Saxit means. I've not seen an email of this length since what DC would call the dark days of the emails. What's your piece of positivity for the week, Doc Manson? <laughs> I have a new computer! <laughs> we already talked about that. But. <laughs> oh, leave it till the end for you to come up with the show title, because I want it. I have a new computer in all capital letters. <laughs> yeah, I've been having some fun with that, you know. Oh, that was great. Um, Good. I'm glad. Yeah, got the RAM overclocked. So with all the frames per second, does that mean videos show better? Um, they're pretty much the same. Okay. So you were lying to me. Yeah. Off the oh, air. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have fun playing video games and I haven't gotten into it yet. But, you know, I did try doing some exporting, rendering some things. And it's specific. Like, um, you know, I, I made a trailer for Sound Scary with like this um, circular waveform that corresponds to the, the the audio file like it actually moves as we're talking and i was just sort of playing with that because a full length one of those like for an hour long episode would have taken like seven hours to render before um and it looks like i can render it depending on how i do it but something like two hours, maybe two hours and 50 minutes. So significantly better than it was before, for sure. Um, so that might be something I play with here and there. I don't know. I've been thinking about, could we put our podcasts with something like that up on YouTube as the visual component? Would that get us a different audience? Is that like the Windows Media Player thing used to be where you would play like something and it would have like, like a visualizer? Little... Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Those were cool. Yeah, I don't think it's worth the effort, but... Okay. <laughs> Man, are we no, doing... No, I just think it's cool that that's... What are we doing what? for the episode 200? We gotta figure that out. We're getting close now. Doesn't sound like we're gonna do it. Well, anything. we think this is episode 194. Is it? So, I think. I don't know what it is, and I don't have my all my files oh, at right. the moment. So let me go and log into Simplecast and find out. I can look quickly because I have them all on my desktop. I have some of them on my desktop. The last one I have is 193. So I believe this is 194 according to us. Now, we could be wrong. Right. But. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we are wrong. But that's, that was 193. So this is 194. All right. All right. A little over so a month. Then, so then, hold on. So that would mean, and I think we've talked about this before, but I don't care. 
So today is the 9th. Uh, so that's 195, 196, 197. So yeah, we're talking like the third week of November. The week like before Thanksgiving. We're talking the 15th. I believe. Yeah. I believe it's going to be around episode 200 unless we skip a week and then it's Thanksgiving. Sure. So I don't know. I don't know what you want to do. We were, you know, the month after that, we're going to do the DDT rewards, and that's going to be a big hoot nanny of a time. Hoot nanny. So, oh, yeah. that's awesome. That's my second piece of positivity for the week. You haven't even gotten to yours yet, but uh, no. Shutter announced Joe Bob Briggs is coming back with a Halloween hoot nanny. Uh, he's going to be doing a, uh, a one of his shows, one of his movie marathons, three movies on October twenty fifth. I am looking forward to it. They haven't announced which films they are. They usually don't announce them till, um, until right when they're airing them. But uh, any more Joe Bob is good with me. So I'm looking forward to that on the 25th. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Uh, my piece of positivity, I've been on a reading kick lately. I go through phases. Um, so let's the, the book I want to mention is, I haven't finished it yet, but I've been always had an interest in Captain James Cook. Kind of sailed around the world, discovered. I thought you were talking about you know. Captain James Kirk for a second. No, I'm not talking about Captain Hook or Captain James Kirk. This is Captain James Cook, 1700s. Did a bunch of sailing around the world. Um, I believe was eaten by cannibals. I haven't gotten there yet. Spoilers, but I believe was killed on some island when natives possibly kill killed him a native. Um. So I availed myself of the interlibrary loan and requested a book on Captain Cook, and it arrived, and I've been reading it, and it's been very interesting. So I also read Penn Gillette's book about how he lost a a hundred, not a thousand pounds, that'd be too many, a hundred pounds eating potatoes, or at least starting by eating potatoes. Why are you sighing? Your piece of positivity was a book about James Cook. (laughs) You're such a nerd. Yep. Welcome to my house. Where I sit. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Nerd DC needs to make a comeback. Um, that was good there shit. Was something, there was something in the... Oh, Mitchell's email actually sparked a little something in me that uh, I don't know if it'll go anywhere, but I did have a an idea for, for a Nerd DC thing. We'll see how far I get. Right. But yes, uh, yes, I'm enjoying the book. So Good. What was the last book you read? It's not the horror book, because I still have it. Yeah, well, that probably is the last book I read. Um, Rick Warland, uh, what was that called? Horror horror film something. I can't remember what it was. The thing I was reading for Horrid. That's, it's still downstairs on my, on my countertop. I haven't finished it yet, but that's probably the last book that I made any substantial progress in. And before that, don't ask. I don't know. I don't read much these days. Yeah, I, this is the third or fourth, and I've got a, I got a pile that I'm hoping to get through. So, well, already I hope you enjoyed getting through this episode one ninety four slash five question mark of the DDT podcast DDT Wrestling. I felt like we should just change it to DDT, but I don't know the legalities of that. If that could be a podcast, just DDT. No idea. But anyway, um, Doc Manson. Anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, you can do so by sending an email to 
podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can listen to our entire back catalog by going to ddtpod.com or to your podcast repository of choice, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling to send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps keep the lights on and the podcast train a-chugging. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us, and until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our besties? Why would you think Seth Rollins is cool? He's not. He's a nerd. Mm.